Hi, and welcome back to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. I'm Tash. And I'm Emma. Hello. Hi. How are you, ladies? All good in the hood. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> same <laughs> same shit, different day and all that jazz. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Bex. I'm also fine. Still grossed out from last week's episode, so thanks for that, Emma. That stuck with me all week and haunted my dreams. I told you you wouldn't forget it. Yeah. It was a good one. It was a good it one. It was. It was. I did enjoy So if you it. haven't listened to last week's, get on listening. Yeah. You're missing some out if you don't go back. I was having a funny thought earlier while I was in the bath. Oh, easy, easy. We're going straight into that, are we? Naughty, no, naughty, no, no, naughty. No no. no, no, no. I'm relying on Tash for that because uh, I want to hear about this golfer. Oh, yes. <laughs> but what is it with British people? Because I was thinking about the intro of the podcast. Yeah. We always say, how are you? And we always respond with, I'm fine. Because it's polite. Like, A, why do we ask it? Because we know the response. And why do we always say I'm fine when nothing's fine? Um, Nobody's ever fine. I mean, come on, it's 2022. Nobody is fine. uh, Because I feel like if we all said what was wrong with us, day to day, mentally, physically, our thoughts on the universe, the world everything then that would be a whole different vibe of podcast and no 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 <laughs> just not not us obviously on the podcast we will always say we are fine but generally in life yeah it's just polite i do think though if you say i don't know if you cross someone in the supermarket and they were like oh hi emma are you all right how are you and you'd say actually no i'm not doing so well they wouldn't know what to say. They'd melt yeah. into the floor like the Wicked Witch of the West. They'd be like, ah. <laughs> it would be so awkward, yeah. wouldn't it? You'd be like, oh, okay. okay. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> but isn't it strange that we've got this tradition of asking a question that we already know the answer for and answering it with a lie? And everybody's yeah. aware of this. I like to mix things up because I do think that we often say the same things over and over and over again. So I often will say, how's life to someone? Or mm-hmm. um, I good think twist. that's a good... Yeah. Yeah, the other day I said, how's life been treating you? And I felt really weird. Didn't feel like me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love a heart house life, but I also do, I do the same when I thank somebody because I work in the service industry where I spend a lot of my day collecting plates from the kitchen pass and then taking it to customers. And obviously I think it's important to thank the chef for preparing the food for me to take to the customers. So instead of just saying thank you every time, I like to switch it up and I will say things like eternally grateful uh, forever in your debt. Um, I'm truly grateful for this plate that you've prepared. <laughs> but he's um, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's used to my shit, but I just think it's really boring just to say thanks. Oh, have you said it in all different languages? Oh, yeah, we do that as well. We do different languages and... Never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah, listen, you've got, to, you've got to make it fun and snappy. So, yeah, I try, I try and mix up formalities... Because that's basically what all these things are, aren't they? So asking someone how they are and replying fine is a formality, yeah. isn't it? So 
Yeah, but it's so unnecessary because nobody cares and we all know it's a lie. Yeah. So why don't we just go, hiya, yeah. and leave it at that. Ask. Just leave it at that. Yeah, true. Okay, so let's no longer ask each other how we are on the podcast. I mean, we can do it on the podcast. No, <laughs> that's it. Let's eradicate Finished. it. Don't want to know. Finished. I'll tell you what, that when, um, when we went to, me and Noah went to America back in pre-COVID. And in America, you go into a shop and they ask how you are. They just don't, they don't say hi, uh, like, hello. They say, hi, how are you? And I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that it? it was just a thing that they say and they kind of have to say it working yeah. in that ind- And I literally was like, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? <laughs> yeah. And then I realized as a few days, I was like, everyone's so interested in me. I must be so nice. Look, like, must look really friendly. And then I was just like, oh, no, they're, they're paid to say that. And they don't expect yeah. to reply. Okay. God, you go into a shop in France and you're lucky if you get a bonjour. And if you do get a bonjour, it's like a scowl. What the fuck are you doing in my, my shop, shop making me yeah. work? Unless it's a closed shop and they're all like glued to you. Like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I can, I can pick things that I like and try them off. I always used to really avoid people and be like, oh, no, don't come over to me. Whereas now I just kind of get it over with as soon as I go in the shop. I'm like, proper eye contact they'll be like do you need help i'll be like no know what i'm here for thank you bye and then go around the shop do you know what i mean that's a bit of the frenchness rubbing off on you yeah yeah you're just like no fuck off and then they go back to their counter thinking hurry the fuck up so i can go and have a cigarette i once uh, had a baguette in my hand very french <laughs> and went into the clothes shop i don't know why i did it this person come up to me I think it was the beginning of like with COVID when that was starting, but the closed shops were still open. It wasn't quite locked down. And this person started coming up to me, but came up really fast. So I took my baguette out so that she wouldn't come any closer. And I was just like, oh. and then I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did that. And I was like, hello. But it was just like a, a defense, like, no. And um, then felt I felt so cringy about it for weeks. And then lockdown happened and that's all. That was like one of my last interactions with someone was poking them with a baguette because they were getting too, they were coming up on me too fast. It was the speed. It wasn't the fact that they were getting close. It was the speed of which they were walking towards me. It kind of put me on edge a bit. How did you hold the baguette? Like a sword, like um, fencing, almost like with a bit of a stance and a bit of a flick of the hair. I had a mental image of you with a massive breaded penis. <laughs> <laughs> breaded penis. There may have been a penis close by, but it was not oi, mine. Oi. <laughs> no, I was uh, I was alone with my baguette, and uh, one must defend oneself with what one has. Always, and one, one had a must. baguette. <laughs> Anyway, talking about penises, who's this golf guy then, Tash? So, um, <laughs> for all interested in another dating with Tash. <laughs> we always have to have the <laughs> little sex segment with Tash. I didn't actually have sex with this person. Uh, Mum, I've only had sex with three people, so, you know. Lies. <laughs> well, that's a lie. Oh, lies. Lies. Liar. Uh, anyway this is a guy i went on a date with i think probably around the same time becky's baguette situation happened so it was still like covid wearing masks and stuff like that but the world was opening up and it was the time when i think you could i can't remember what the rules were but it was something like you could only go out with like six people at most and all that jazz so 
Anyway, I get talking to this guy. He's like, what's your ideal date? So I thought, do you know what? Go in hard. Let's do something fun. I was like, top golf, like burgers or hot dogs or something like that. A couple of like drinks and like getting to know someone. Like I think fun, you know, you can chat. It can be relaxed, whatever. He was like, okay, cool. When are you free? So we booked in a day. I got a babysitter. This was when I was like willing to get babysitters for dates, which I'm now no longer willing to do because it's a waste of my time and money before I've even got out the door. (laughs) (laughs) So he was like, I'll come pick you up. So we went to Top Golf and he came and picked me up, but he lived quite far. He lived like an hour from mine and the Top Golf was like an hour from mine as well. Anyway, so he was quite keen in saying, oh, like if you want, um, after we've been golf, you can come back to mine. And then I'll take you home after. I was like, I don't really feel comfortable going to somebody's house without my car. Again, sorry, mum. All for going around somebody's house. If I've got an escape route, if I've got my vehicle with me and I can leave, but I'm not doing that and not having an escape route. Wise. Very wise. I mean, I willingly let him come pick me up on a date. I thought he was just being chivalrous, but I mean, you'll see why not. Anyway, so we go on this date. He was a bit weird anyway in the car. He wore baggy jeans, which no offence to people wearing baggy jeans. It just, it's just not a vibe for me and I shouldn't be judgmental, but he just didn't pull them off. All right. So I'm sure some men can pull them off. He just looked like he was wearing jeans that didn't fit him properly and it, it was just not very. Are these the ones that kind of hang below the waist and you can see their pants? Yeah. But like, not in like a, I'm a rapper style, like literally like. rapper. Pull your jeans up. Like, pull your jeans up and put a belt on like you're a 30-odd-year-old man. He also slagged off his ex, which, um, again, don't do that on a first date. You don't talk about the exes, Don't talk about your ex. Don't slag them off. Like It it looks bad on you, even if they're the worst person in the world. I just think it makes you look bitter. Yeah. And I think until you get to know somebody... I don't think you should sit there slagging your ex off because I don't care about your ex. It's not relevant to my life at this point in whatever it is I'm exploring with whatever person. Anyway, so we get to this date. The date's all right. He was very serious about Top Golf, but he was like a gent. He paid for everything. I obviously offered to pay, like go halves or whatever. He was like, absolutely not. You're grand. He didn't offer to show me how to swing a golf club, which I was somewhat disappointed. Well, I wasn't disappointed about it. He was not as all my type, but I thought that's what you were meant to do when you went golfing. Yeah, on a golfing day. That's what they do in the films, yeah. didn't it? And the wind would have swept through your hair and blown yeah. your scent into his nose and he'd have been like, I'm in love. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he didn't yeah. do that, but also, <laughs> Sounds like you're glad. aren't you meant to do that? And then, anyway, so then we go to leave and he's like, oh, are you sure you don't want to come around mine? I was like, no, like, if you could just take me home, that's good. Um, I've got a baby sister at home, I need to get back for her. And then we were like driving in the car. He starts telling me about his friend who's a female, which is absolutely fine. Like I'm a modern woman. Be friends with who you want to be friends with. He was like, don't worry. She'd be more into you than she would me. I was like, okay. He was like, but we could have a threesome if you liked. (laughs) And I was like, like, okay, this is weird. And he's like, so have you ever been with a girl? And I started asking me, like I'm sat in his car and he's just honestly... Were you scared? I'd have been a bit scared. I wasn't scared, but I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I was like, I don't feel comfortable you asking me these questions. Go you, go you. Yeah, I was like, not like, yeah, I just said, I don't feel comfortable talking about this. Like, can we talk about something else? 
Um, and that's when he asked me what my favourite Gina music was. <laughs> oh, was it? No, it's the same guy. <laughs> it wasn't the same oh, guy. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to say, you can't meet two people, two separate beings that think that's the way that you pronounce genre. No. <laughs> oh, Tash, I'll tell you what, I love you. And you will find... Someone, whoever they are, that is does not think that that stuff like that. <laughs> I know. So then he kept asking me, like, we were on an exit on the um the motorway. He was like, we can get off at this exit and we could be in mine in like 20 minutes. I was like, I really just want to go home if that's all right. Oh my God, get the fucking hint. I was like, maybe another time, you know, like. So then he did bring me home and then like pulled into my drive and like unbuckled his seatbelt and I was like okay so I'm gonna go then I was like thanks for a nice evening and then he was like oh can I have a kiss and I was like (laughs) you know when you're like I just really never wanted to kiss him like ever oh why did he ask well I mean I think great for asking I think asking is important yeah so I was like I'll give you a kiss on the cheek. I, I was like, I kissed somebody on the first date. We, we all know that's a lie. But <laughs> I was like to him, I don't kiss people on the first date. And he was like, oh, go on, just a little one. I oh, was like, come on, man. I was like, no, I really don't want to. And so he leaned in and I oh, literally, oh. oh, I literally turned my cheek. He was like, I can't believe you just did that. I was like, I told you, don't kiss on the first day, blah, blah, Anyway, so he left. And then the next day I texted him and was like, I'm not really feeling it. Like, good luck and all that. Why? He was so insistent. Almost if he was like, oh, well, I've paid for the meal and now I deserve yeah. my... Do you know what as well? He yeah. bought me He I, he bought me a membership to Top Golf. <laughs> wow, man in my dreams. Yeah. He wanted you bad. I know. And I, I gave him nothing. Oh. Nothing. Not even a threesome. I can't Not believe Not even said a threesome. That. That's so weird, isn't it? Telling me that his best pal's a lesbian, then would I sleep with him and her at the same time? That's fucking weird. He didn't even show me a picture. <laughs> <laughs> like that would have changed everything for you. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, though. What are these men? Honestly, honestly, this is why I'm so pessimistic. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. Well, I'm glad you got out of that one. Threesome free. I mean, if you want to have a threesome, have a threesome. It's just the whole vibe was wrong. Not the first fucking day. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Not, not with him and his best pal, is it like some like thing they're doing? She's on she's on Tinder looking for women. He's on Tinder looking for women. And then they were just all shagging. Mm, no thanks. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for next week's Dating with Tash. <laughs> Date corner. Threesome corner. <laughs> Bex, before you start your story, I do have to give one of our listeners a little shout out. Gary from our Facebook page oh, yeah. is fantastic. He comments on everything. He's really encouraging. He says we're doing a great job, so... Thank you, Gary. We love you. Yeah. Oh, honestly, it's, we it's really, you. really nice to hear like encouragement and like nice comments. Cause especially when you're three hours into a case and you're trying to get things, you're just like, ah, I need to find more information. And then you just kind of get a bit 
overwhelmed with everything, especially after like a day of work or a day of looking after kids and stuff. And then you get nice people commenting nice things and it makes it better. I mean, Gary is so good that he's even got a top fan badge on our page. Go on, Gary. Get in, Gary. No, but seriously, thank you, Gary. I'd also like to say Gary is one of my favourite names. (laughs) Yeah, such a good name. I love the name Gary. I love it. I name everything Gary. If ever, you know, you've got to give a name to someone, it's always a Gary to me. Yeah. And Gary's in Australia, so go us being all international. Oh, yes. So big up, Gary. I hope you liked my shark impression the other day. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I loved the shark impression. (laughs) We've actually just recently made some other podcaster friends. Shout out to Brew Crime. Hi, Brew Crime. They're lovely. Shout out. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) I just said shout out. (laughs) I, I don't know that why I said That's not how it works. <laughs> you declare that you're going why to do a shower I... and then you <laughs> and then you say it's something. Like, you don't like I was out. reading it. <laughs> like I was reading it from an auto cue. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh one of them's Canadian and I was just like randomly saying, Oh, we did an episode about <laughs> A Canadian. And then I was like, shit, no, I shouldn't have mentioned that because I remembered Becky's impressions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all done with love. It's all done with love. Wasn't that Always. the Amethyst episode? Uh, yes. I think hey. it was. I think it was. No, don't tell them. Don't tell them which episode it was. <laughs> <laughs> they must never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do... Uh, I mean, no... They know. They know. They know. Yeah. They know. Anyway, murder? Yes. Murder anybody? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Anyone want some murder? Anybody want some murder? Kill me, baby. Kill me. Anyway, so you'll be happy to know, Emma, that this uh, takes place in the 80s, so it's not super, super recent. Yes. Makes it a little Uh, bit easier. Actually... Hang on, I took place in the 80s. Does that mean I'm not super, super recent? Not super, super recent, just super recent. Okay, I'll, that'll, that'll do. If you were super recent, that would mean that you're about eight and you wouldn't be on this episode. That would be weird. Yeah, and we wouldn't have talked about what we just talked about with an eight-year-old. And also, what a foul-mouthed eight-year-old oh, I'd yeah. be. God, who's your mother? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Go on. Back to the 80s. So Hit me, baby, with some good old 80s murder. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> and this takes place pre-Emma. It's going to be so. one of them, isn't it? <laughs> Go on, Beck, sorry. I said it's pre-Emma as well. You went, you went, you were not, you were but an egg, but a passing thought, swimming around your dad's ball sack. <laughs> Lovely. My dad put it a different way. He used to say I, was, I wasn't even a twinkle in his eye. Oh, yeah. You were a swimmer in his testicle. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. At least you weren't swallowed. Oh, for oh. fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm here all week, guys. That's a t-shirt. At least I wasn't swallowed. Yeah. <laughs> At least I won one race. Get your pad out, Tash. Oh, yeah. 
Um, anyway, so I will start now. May 1980. So pre-Emma, Emma was not alive. I was not alive. Not yet. The world was not yet blessed. Oh. So May 1980 in Roseville, Minnesota, the Stauffer family, which consisted of dad, Irv, mum, Mary, and their two children, Steve and Beth, who were six and eight. The family were um, finishing packing their bags because the rest of the house was already packed because they were soon moving to the Philippines in the matter of days. They were going um, for like a four-year mission with their church. Nice. So on the 16th of May, 1980, Mary, who was 36, and then her eight-year-old daughter, Beth, a hair appointment so they were all cool and looking lovely for the Philippines. You want that fringe looking good, don't yeah, you? Yeah, extra straight, like no oh, feathering yeah. whatsoever. No, it's the 80s. They want all the fucking feathering. Oh, yeah. No, but kids love that bowl cut. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know that's more 90s, but they still loved it in the 80s. That's what I'm saying. Well, Beth looks a little bit like Matilda. Oh. And that's what Beth looks like. After a while, Irv, spell I-R-V... And that is a name and not just a sound. (laughs) (laughs) Is sat at home with Steve thinking that they're being a little bit longer than what they usually are when they go to their hairdressers. So maybe they thought maybe they went out. Maybe they went to get some ice cream after their hairdressers. Hours go by and no sign of Mary or Beth. It's not looking good. So Irv gets super worried and doesn't want to wait any longer. The hairdresser's is shut by now. So he decides Uh-oh. to go outside, see if he can have a look for them. That seems the right thing to he do. He couldn't find them anywhere. No trace of a car. He decides to call the police. The police probably wouldn't take it as seriously usually, just things like that. You know, it's usually the, are you sure she hasn't left you? Are you sure this? Are you sure that? But actually, a little boy called Jason had been kidnapped earlier that day and they were already on high alert. So this worried Irv even more. Police said that they'd send someone to the house to take a statement. After he put the phone down, Irv turned on the TV and saw the reports about the missing boy. As there are two disappearances now on the same day in the same area, the FBI quickly gets involved. So the FBI comes sweeping in, and they bring all their resources. They set up roadblocks, they get search teams on the ground, and helicopters in the sky, the works. I'm glad they did it that way around because helicopters on the floor and roadblocks in the sky... Doesn't work so well. No. Mm. Not very productive. No. Not not the same results. Problematic. <laughs> yeah. But what happened to Mary and Beth? Because literally no sign of them. Did they even get to the hairdressers initially? Yes, they did. So the police traced them and they did get to the hairdressers... And they had their hair done. Nice. And it was afterwards that they disappeared. Wow. Every cloud. <laughs> yeah. One of the ground searches, they eventually found Mary's car, like, hidden in a ditch. That's not a good sign. It hadn't had an accident or anything. It was just kind of parked there almost to hide it. Semi-hide yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No sign of anyone in the car. So let's go back to the day at the salon. Mary and Beth come out all fluffed up in the 80s fashion and start walking back to their car. As they approached their car, a man, who appeared to be in his early 30s, thick glasses and dark hair, approached them. 
Mary at first thought he might be lost as he was kind of walking up to them quite fast. He came up to Mary and she saw that he had a gun. He took the gun out of his waistband and pointed it at Beth and said, I need a ride. Uh, I know. What a nightmare. So Mary just tried to throw the keys at him and says, yeah, take the car, take the car, you know. And he said no, that he wanted them to get in the car and he was going to tell them where to drive. Mm -hmm. While they were driving down the road, a police car pulls up behind them. While they were waiting for the traffic light, Mary looked in, like in the mirror to look behind her. And she could see that there was a police car there. And she just kind of held her breath. Because what do you do? Gun at your daughter. You can't exactly jump out the car. The man saw the police car behind them and threatened that if the car turned on the same direction as them, that he would shoot Beth and her afterwards. Luckily, the police car carried on going and it didn't follow them when they turned. Thank God. Who is this guy? She's thinking she doesn't recognize him. And he said that his name was Min Sen Shu, a 30-year-old Taiwan-born man who was living in Anoka County. He made them drive to a remote wooded area in Anoka County, where he bound Mary and Beth together, covered their mouths with duct tape before forcing them face down in the boot of the car. That made me feel so panicky. It seems worse that they kind of put them face down rather than just makes it worse to breathe do you not think it's like super claustrophobic and yes incredibly difficult i mean i I imagine it's never fun being tied up in a boot of a car but the fact they shoved them in face down just makes it worse yeah i I don't want that in my life yeah no me neither and i can't breathe through my nose so i'd just be dead whatever no not really do you always have your mouth open then yeah like a fish. Oh, okay. Yep. No. <gasps> See? So breathy. <laughs> <laughs> so, during the trip to his house, where he intended to keep his victims hostage, Shu stopped the vehicle twice. First time because Mary and Beth were making noises. He stops a second time to shut them up again. So he stopped, he opened the boot of the car... And as sheer bad luck would have it, at the very same time, two neighborhood boys approached the car, like just walking by. One of them stayed at the front of the car, while the other, Jason Wilkman, went to the back of the car to see what the man was looking at and see what the weird noises were. As the boy went to the back of the car, he would see the mother and daughter tied up in the back. And Shu trying to put things on top of them so that they'd be quiet. Shu looked up and grabbed the boy and forced him into the trunk. Then he slammed the trunk shut and drove off. The other boy ran away. He then drove to the isolated Carlos Avery Wildlife Refuge in Anoka County where he stopped the car. While they were driving there, Mary could feel that something else had been put in the boot with them but couldn't figure out what it was and she heard like whimpering and then she realized that it was a child. So she was speaking to him and said, my name's Mary and this is my daughter Beth. We don't know this guy that has kidnapped us, but I'll try, I'll try and keep you safe. What's your name? And he's crying and said that his name was Jason and that he was six years old, which is a 
Which really sad when I was uh, watching a documentary about this. He's six. Six. Little boy. Completely vile. Then the car came to a stop. She would open the boot of the car and he grabbed the boy. Oh, Becky. He walked away into the woods and didn't come back for quite a long time. But when he came back, the boy wasn't there. I thought you said I was going to be happy about this story. I never said it was going to be happy. You said, <laughs> now for the murder. You said you're going to be happy about this. It's it's in the 80s. Uh, I said it's better. I said it's not recent. I didn't say it was going to be happy. Oh, little love. Anyway, so Shu now could continue with his original plan. He drove Mary and Beth to his house and locked them in a narrow closet. He then proceeded to take Mary out of the closet and tied her to the furniture. She would talk to her for hours on the night of the kidnapping, disclosing who he was before he repeatedly raped her. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He recorded the conversations and rapes on his video camera. He recorded everything? Everything, yeah. Piece of shit. This is when Shu told Mary that he was her student about 15 years prior. So he did know her. She was his teacher. Oh, shit. He indicated that she had given him a B grade in algebra, which prevented Uh, him from going to college. No, I understand it all now. That's fine. Listen, I'm on his side. (laughs) You. A B in algebra? A B? Fuck me. I don't think it it merits kidnapping. I think a B's all right. Do you know what I mean? Like, just one down from an A. <laughs> I'd, I'd be chuffed with a B now. I don't even know what algebra is, so... <laughs> you know, like, num- numbers that are letters? Oh, yeah. yeah is that thing that you were learn in school and then never use again? <laughs> yeah, I'd have been made up with a B. Yeah. Well, is it like X plus Y? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No shit at that. <laughs> What's he complaining about? Uh, Well, he says that she gave him a B in algebra, which prevented him from going to college. He said as a result from this that he was drafted into the Vietnam War and became a prisoner of war. The prisoner of war part was, as many of his claims were, just completely untrue. I was going to say, this all seems a bit far-fetched from just a B in algebra. Yeah, he's a bit of a Carl, you know, kind of makes shit up as he goes along. Yeah. But he never was a prisoner of war, that was a lie. It was a lie. Lie, motherfucker. So while kept at his house, the girls were often separated. He placed Beth in a box in his van for like eight hours at a time, which is horrific. Poor love. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, so when he was out of work, that's where he put her, while her mother was left locked in a closet in the house. Furthermore, Shu told Mary that he would kill her husband and son if they ever tried to escape. I don't think he's a very nice man. No. No, nor do I. Nearly the whole time that they were kidnapped, he was trying to get her to fall in love with him. What the fuck, mate? That is not the way you go about it. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, the guy who was asking Tash for a threesome had more of a chance. Yeah. Well, if he'd caught me on a different day, maybe. Maybe it would have happened. Yeah, kidnap and rape's not how you woo someone. Exactly. It's definitely not. And the the thing with the algebra thing earlier, he actually finished number one in his high school class and could have had a scholarship literally any college. Shu was a complete piece of shit and would, like, use Beth against Mary to get his own way. 
he'd like ask Mary to give her him a kiss and she'd not want to do it. And he'd ask her if she was happy with him. And she said, well, how can I be happy with you? The fact that you've kidnapped us. And I think that you've Mm. killed that little boy. How could I ever be happy with you? And he was like, you need to kiss me like you kiss your husband. And she says, I'm still married to my husband. I can't kiss someone else. So he went and got Beth out of the closet and put the gun to her head. And she said, you know, don't, you know, don't do that. I'll do whatever you want. So it was just all for control over Mary. And that's how the the rapes continued while they were together. Yeah. Seven and a half weeks they were there. Jesus. I think it's 53 days altogether. I bet that felt like eternity, didn't it, for them? What, with the little unlocked in a box for eight hours a day? Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Ah, what trauma. This is awful. On July 7th, 1980, after she left for work, Mary managed to remove the hinge pin from the locked closet door. Go on, Mary. She managed to do this despite being chained to Beth that day. So this day, Beth... um, Wasn't in a box. uh, Beth was there too. After they knocked the door down, Mary and Beth walked together to a phone in the kitchen yes. where they managed to call the police. Yes! Fuck yes! She's a fucking J. Absolutely. Go on, girl. You know what she is? She's a mum. That's what she is. And a yeah. survivor just knew that she needed to get out. There was a point where he was going to eventually either realise that what he's doing is never going to go his way or maybe police will close in a little bit and it'll spook him and they'd have to he'd have to get rid of her tell you what you never ever fuck with a mum ever it's the worst mm. thing you can do we will absolutely, absolutely massacre you come for our yeah. kids fucking dead yeah so she managed to call the police after making the call they hid behind a car at the residence until the police arrived both were immediately freed from their chains fuck yes i'm so glad Yes. Oh, God, I could see that going so, so badly. Yeah. After seven weeks of imprisonment, the police would go into the property and see all the, like, binds on all the furniture where he used to tie Mary. Oh, my God. It was horrific. Shu was arrested at his business on the same day, and he was taken to Ramsey County Adult Detention Centre. This is where the police put the story together of why Shu chose mary why did he become obsessed with her and the actual truth is he's been stalking her for years oh my yeah. god that is horrible yeah awful so min sen shu was born on the 15th of october 1950 in taiwan and when he was eight years old he moved to minnesota with his mother and two siblings and his father his father died three years after they arrived he was a professor at the University of Minnesota. She was described as violent towards his younger siblings, often beating them during both adolescence and through to adulthood. In his teen years, she was reportedly engaged in criminal activities as a juvenile, such as starting fires. Such a pattern. Ticking in those boxes, isn't he? Yeah, those um, psycho boxes. So he started fires in apartments of three strangers and throwing rocks at vehicles. For his role in the arsons, he was ordered to participate in psychotherapy at the age of 14. According to his mum, Shu often lied and was persistent about being right. When he's caught in a lie, he insisted that he was right. 
Like, you couldn't... I'll be honest, mate. He sounds like a little twat. Absolutely. (laughs) Apparently, he was absolutely uncontrollable as a child, took no responsibility for his behaviour, and thus causing his mother to actually fear him. She described him as being someone that has no feelings and he was just like a dog, which I think is an insult to dogs because dogs feel. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> no, they do. They do. They do. They Dogs, do. you know when dogs have had enough of your shit and when they're sad, they let they let it be known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with and you. And they're so happy when you come in. We're all in agreement here about dogs. Yeah. So from 1965 to 1966, Shu attended Alexander Ramsey High School in Roseville, where he came to have a crush on his ninth grade algebra teacher, Mary Stauffer. He um, later confessed during proceedings that due to his infatuation with her, he began to start sexually fantasizing about the teacher little perv listen we've all fancied our a teacher at some point in our life but that's one step too far isn't but did it? you write literal fantasy novels about having sex with her and then other celebrities no complete with illustrations <laughs> that was not a convincing no tash <laughs> no obviously i didn't do that I did the whole write their name with a little with a little heart. I don't think I yeah. ever had a crush on one of my teachers. Oh, really? I did. I don't think so. I, I never had a, a hot teacher. No. Mine was the maths, my maths teacher, and I was so rude to him all the time. But I think now, looking back on it, I think it's because I fancied him. Hmm. Maybe my PE teacher, but because I hated PE, that just ruined it for me. I was just like, stop trying to make me run. <laughs> You may be fit, but it's not going to work. No, no, didn't have a, I can't think, but no, I don't think I had one good looking teacher. Anyway, yeah, so Shu would write stories about his fantasies with fictional characters from movies, and then he'd put Mary in there with him as well. The stories included consensual sex, but also rape and gang rape in later years. So he started off with like, cute little schoolboy crushes and then it eventually just got very very dark yeah i was gonna say that took a bit of a dark turn quite a few dark turns in later years he realized that this did not give him complete satisfaction after a while and that's when he decided that he needed to kidnap mary in uh, 1975 shu actually broke into mary's in-laws house this was five years before the kidnapping He broke into their house and at gunpoint made her in-laws lie down on the floor while he had a look through the house to try and find Mary. And that's when he realized that at the time they were living in the Philippines on a mission with with the church. So they'd already been to the Philippines before and they came back to America and then now in the 80s they were going to go back again for another four years. Okay. He didn't do anything to the in-laws, he um, just left. Uh, But he said that if they reported to the the police that they would come back and he would kill all of their family. And he knew them by name. So they never reported it because they were so terrified. The only time that they reported it was after Mary and Beth went missing. And they said five years ago this happened. They didn't see his face or anything, but they heard his voice. 
So after this botched kidnapping in 1975, a year later, Shu learned that Mary had come back from the Philippines and was living on the university campus and he began to stalk her there. His stalking continued until May 16th, 1980, when he tracked her down at a beauty salon and kidnapped her and her daughter. That's basically what happened. That's what got him up to kidnapping her. But crazy doesn't just stop the minute you're in prison. And while he was in jail, he offered an inmate $50,000 to go and kill Mary and her daughter to prevent them from testifying against him in court. Oh my God. And to help him escape from the jail. What the fuck is wrong with this man? Yeah. The guy that he told uh, that to was a guy called Richard Green. And he uh, told the FBI, I assume, for possibly a lighter sentence for whatever he was in there for. Yeah. Oh, thank fuck he wasn't like, oh yeah, I'll yeah. go do that. They're going to survive this, aren't they, Bex? Because I'm really thinking they are. I don't want you to shit on my picnic. I'm not shitting on your picnic. Okay. No, don't worry. It's fine. I'll be well, kind of. Um, so kind she had of. to go... Yeah, he had to undergo two trials. The first took place in 1980, and that concerned the abduction of Mary and Beth and uh, the multiple rapes of Mary. What about the little lad? Because he murdered yeah, the little boy. Yeah, it's the second trial. He has to have two trials. Oh, okay. I'll shut yeah. up. I'll let you tell the story. No, no shutting up. You're allowed to ask questions. I could have completely forgot, which I wouldn't have done. But yeah, <laughs> you never know with me. All right, Norway. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, yours false, Nick. I'm Norway, and Tash needs one. I'm perfect. I'm sure I could go back and dig one out. No, she couldn't pronounce a word last week. What was it? Oh, nonchalantly. She couldn't say that. Nonchalantly or something. I can't remember. I think I just don't know how that word's said. I don't think it's a case of not being able to pronounce it. That's the same thing. Is it though? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't think it is. We'll take this off off air in a minute and we'll discuss. (laughs) But... Um, so the first trial took place in 1980 for the yeah for the kidnapping and rape of Mary and the kidnapping of Beth. Because Shu had taken them over state lines, the crime became a federal case under the Federal Kidnapping Act, and he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. But because federal government still had parole at the time, he technically became eligible for parole after 10 years and eligible for mandatory release after 30 years. So he can't do any more than 30 years? For this trial. Okay. Under the old law, federal lifers have to be released after 30 years unless they're proven to be a danger to society. Which he obviously fucking is, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, I think so. Inshu's second trial began in 1981 for the murder of Jason Wilkman. And this is just like, I don't even know how this happened. Shu had somehow smuggled a knife into the courtroom and then when Mary stood up to testify he jumped over the table and attacked her with it slicing her face open like from her cheek to her lip oh for fuck's sake because she's still there to testify against him because she's the witness in the murder and he uh, fucking pounced over the desk like a lion and went and slashed her face open he was trying to go for her throat 
I don't know why, though, because he was like, he wanted her not to testify, but then he goes and tries to murder her in front of a whole courtroom of people. And I just think he wanted to kill her by then. He thought that everything was her fault. Anyway, poor Mary had to have 62 stitches to close her facial wound. At the same time, Sue screamed and promised to kill her and her daughter when he was released from prison. He had a psyche valve because obviously needs to be done. No signs of mental illness whatsoever. He's just oh, a little piece of shit. Oh, come on, surely not. No, he's just a psycho. He's got psychopathic tendencies, but that's not an illness. Isn't it? No, it's uh, it's not an illness. It's just a... Uh, Who he is. Yeah. A character trait. Yeah. Mm. Some people are just dicks. Absolutely. I think some people are just evil. And that we tend to use mental illness as a little bit of an excuse, whereas this guy was just completely evil. When the second trial ended, he was sentenced to 40 years for the murder charge, and it had to be served concurrently with his previous 30-year sentence. He avoided a first-degree murder charge because he agreed to divulge the location of Jason's body. Shu became eligible for mandatory release on July 6th, 2010, but was denied. Good. And on September the 28th, 2010, an Anoka Country District Judge, Jenny Walker Jasper, ruled that Shu could be detained indefinitely as he was a dangerous sexual predator and is a danger to the public if he is granted parole. So he will never be released and he's still in prison. Thank fuck for that. Yeah, after the the trial, the second trial, Mary would say that he's had he had his prisoner for 53 days. He's not going to get one more day and they're just going to not let him haunt their their lives how he'd like to to the best of their ability. I was going to say how would you get over that? I think they were a bit like I'm not going to let this guy ruin my life. Yeah. Obviously, they obviously had trauma, but they did their best to stay positive, get through it, have therapy. They had the church there helping them as well. They got through it. Yeah, that's the story of uh, the kidnapping of Mary and Beth and the murder of Jason Wilkman. Well, there you go. Thank you, Becky. Poor little Jason, though. Little love. He's got nothing to do with anything. He didn't... Oh, God. Wrong place, wrong time. He did a little, that six-year-old thing where they're a little bit nosy and they're like, what yeah. are you doing? Oh. That's all he did. They were just riding by on their bikes at the wrong Actually, time. It's horrendous. That poor little love. Absolutely horrendous. Little angel. Fuck's sake. Mm. And he's what now, 72? Is that right? Is my mask correct? Uh, Yeah, 72 this year. And still and, uh, locked up. Still locked up, yeah. Still an awful human being. Yes. Yeah. Right, well, thanks for that, Bex. Yeah, Yeah, and Mary and Irv are still together. Oh, that's nice. And uh, Beth now has her own children of her own. Oh, uh, sweetheart. God, imagine that happened to you as a kid, though, getting locked in a box for eight hours every single fucking day. Mad, isn't it? How'd you get over something like that? I have no idea. I literally have no idea. I've seen pictures of what they look like now, and they just look like everyone's grandparents. They look like the happiest people, happy old couple, and uh, just awesome. 
I feel a bit snoopy if I actually try and look up the people, especially the victims in these things. I just think, well, they've been through enough. Uh, they don't want random people trying to snoop and see if there's any pictures. So, yeah. But yeah, apparently Beth said that I saw that on the documentary that she had uh, two kids of her own. So oh, that's, that's good. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and that's my story. Well, thank you. I think. Mm. In my stories, half the time, especially when it's back in the 80s, it's like, oh, yeah, and then he went to prison for, like, two seconds, and then yeah. he's out again. So at least he's not getting out. And they didn't die. I mean, that little lad did, but the, the ladies didn't, because yeah. I was fully expecting them to. Yeah. Oh, dear me. Could have been so much worse. Oh, and yeah. And that poor 100%. little lad. Yeah. Oh, that poor family, though, because you just think, if five minutes later they'd have gone by, he wouldn't have seen him. Or, you know, it's just if he'd have stopped somewhere else. This is all those what ifs. Yeah. That just haunt you. Oh, you would, you would. You'd never stop thinking about it. Mm. Do you want some light-hearted paranormal weird shit? Yeah. yeah. Right. Tash, this story, I've got a funny feeling it's going to fuck with your head a little bit. Oh, God. What's it about? Because I never know what's going to fuck me in my head. But when they do, boy, do they. From past conversations that we've had, I have a feeling that you're going to think about this for a while. Oh. So my sources for this week were Ranker.com, a Reddit user called Zizou12. Thank you, Zizou. Zizou12, um, who gave me permission to use his story, TheGuardian.com and the TheNewYorker.com. And this week, I'm going to be talking about glitches in the Matrix. Oh. In the Matrix, Matrix, ma, 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 Matrix. Are we living in a simulation? Oh, my God. I swear, before you start, that the other day, I was driving home from work, and there were cows in the field, and they were in black and white. But not the black and white dairy cows, if that's what you're thinking. I was going to say, aren't cows black and white? <laughs> <laughs> you know them, um, the white cows that you get here? I think they're meat cows. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they were kind of standing in the shade, which it looked really, really weird. And it looked like they were black. Just it, These cows were just in black and white. And it was so strange. They probably were. It's a simulation. It's all a simulation. But would that be a matrix or would that be a time slip? Oh. Or is everything just the same fucking thing? Hauntings, time slips. Are they all just glitches? I just don't know. You're going to love this, Tash. I just don't know if I am. So we're going to go deep into the weird and somewhat terrifying theory that we all are living in a simulation. Elon Musk is a firm believer that none of us actually exist. We are just a result of an extremely advanced technology. Well, he's fucking done all right out of it, hasn't he? (laughs) Well, maybe he's just like a higher level player than we are. Fucking hell. Anyway, he's not alone to think this. Scientists have said that there's a 50-50 chance that we are, in fact, living in some kind of a matrix. And to be perfectly honest, there is actually no way to disprove the theory, as any thoughts or ideas we would have would be simulated. So if the aliens slash advanced humans slash superior beings don't want us to know, then we just simply won't. Oh my god, I am not (laughs) sleeping tonight. Would it explain why we get deja vu when there's a little bit of like a glitch or a little bit of like you've only got so much data that you can run and you have to run it again? Possibly. 
So to make it a little bit simpler, think of The Sims, but like super advanced. Are we just a game on some kid's computer? Possibly. My kid is a psycho. He has done too much to me. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Not fair. We've all got those little psycho children, like building a wall or trapping me in the swimming pool. Surely we're all on the same kid's computer. Yes, we would. Because we know each other. We would. We're all in the same simulation. Yeah. I think. Are we? I don't know. Oh, oh, mate, I can't even cope with this. I knew you were going to love this one. I think every sentence you're about to say, you could end it with, or or do we? (laughs) Or could I? Or are we? But is it? (laughs) Surely they wouldn't let us have these conversations if it was true. Oh, mate, I can't deal with this shit. (laughs) Do you know, recently some guy on Google admitted that um, artificial intelligence that they'd invented had become sentient. Have you read about that? What's that word mean? Sentient? Well, like living and feeling and like human-like. Oh my God. No, I obviously haven't read about that. If we are just like super advanced artificial intelligence, then we are sentient. So anyway, we're in this simulation. It would certainly explain a few things lately. It does seem like we had a pretty reasonable person at the controls a few years ago, only for some crazed lunatic to have taken over the controls. Examples like Donald Trump being elected, or Brexit, or the 2017 Oscars mix-up between La La Land and Moonlight winning Best Picture. All these things, right, I know this sounds benign and, like, that can happen, but these things, when you really think about it, they don't happen. They never happen. I mean, I remember thinking when Donald Trump got elected, I literally was like, is this an actual joke? I remember saying, "Yeah, is this a joke? Like, you were expecting all of America to go, psych. I literally <laughs> thought it was like a prank, some massive fucking prank. Like, I could not believe it. Yeah, but that the thing is, Tash, that's what the entire world thought. Yeah. But he, st- he was elected. Yeah. So when he was elected, it was pretty much a sure thing that Hillary was going to win, right? We all thought that Hillary was going to win. Yeah. It was it was a given. And the votes that were coming in were absolutely pointing in that direction. And then out of nowhere, at the last minute, Trump won. Yeah. Now, no matter what your political views are, people like him just don't get elected president of the United States. There's never been anybody like him in the past before, right? Yeah. As as a president. None of the American presidents have been saying stuff like grab them by the pussy. No. Stuff like that just does not fucking happen. And as you say, Tasha, it's like, is somebody having a joke? It literally just felt like it was, you know, like... It didn't feel real, did it? No, well, Brexit happened. And then America was like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brexit, literally, no one I know thought it would happen. No. There's no way in hell that referendum was going to decide leave. And yet here we are. And what an absolute shit show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Oscars, 
might seem trivial next to these two massive events. And yet, when you think about what happened, La La Land was a favourite and a pretty sure thing. And okay, mistakes happen. But the fact that La La Land had the time to accept the award and give their speeches before anybody realised the error, that's just plain fucking weird. Yeah, it was mad, wasn't it? These things don't happen. It's all highly regulated and taken super seriously. So if someone had made a mistake, they would have known immediately. When the answer was read out, somebody should have been like, no, that's the wrong name, no, that's the wrong name. It should have been like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like somebody changed the name on the card at the last minute. Like, when the speeches were over, somebody looked at the card and was like, oh shit, we fucked up. Yeah. It doesn't happen. So, are these events proof that we've got some fucking lunatic at the controls of this game? i tell you what's on par with that is actually when Will Smith went and slapped. I was going to say, someone put a cheat code in and... uh... Exactly, Will Smith, nicest guy in the world. Everybody loves Will Smith. What the fuck? Yeah, and his demeanour, like, that was a mad situation, wasn't it? His demeanour was so calm. And, like, the repercussions of him doing that is he's not allowed to go to that award ceremony. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, even that, the repercussions don't seem... Well, he's ended his career. That's it. I don't think he will have, though. Mm, I can't see people queuing up to give him a job. I don't know. That, but, but that was a very weird scenario. Again. It was so weird, what, wasn't it? What the hell? So these are just a few examples of what the fuck is going on. If we are indeed living in the Matrix, then these things have definitely started glitching. The joke, can someone turn the world off and on again? Yeah suddenly becomes very, very real because quite possibly that is exactly what we need. Like, let's do a factory reset. Exactly. On a side note, whoever is dealing with my code, there's an issue with my constant dizziness and if they could just fix that for me, that'd be grand. Yeah. So just look at the advancement in video games. Think of Pong. Do you remember Pong, the tennis game? I don't remember it, but I know what you mean. You know know what what I'm talking about, right? No. Pong was literally two lines and a ball in the middle. And that was your tennis game. That was like one of the first or the first video game. Yeah. Okay. And that was 49 years ago. Oh, gosh. Wow. Think about how far games have come since then. I mean, immense. I'm not a gamer at all. Like, literally not at all. But sometimes when you see those adverts that come out around like Christmas time, they're intense, aren't they? Well, we're now in an era of virtual reality headsets and hyper-realistic gaming characters. So just think where we'll be in another 49 years. Yeah. People won't know how to differentiate what's real and what isn't. That's a worry though, isn't it? It is a little bit, but it also goes to confirm the theory that if this is a simulation, you know, it's entirely possible that this is just like a super advanced simulation. To make things even more complicated, again, using The Sims as an example, how many copies of our game are there out there? Because we talk about alternate universes, but could they actually just be different copies of our simulation? Oh my god. Other theories are that they, whoever they may be... Every time you say whoever they may be, it reminds me of that... 
Nuts, nah, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the Dance and I'll lead you there. Wherever you may be, wherever you may be, and I'll lead you there. And the dance said he, said he. Love banging that out in assembly in the morning. Fucking belter. Yeah. And why did Moses cross the Red Sea? Belter. Oh, love it. I love a hymn. Love a good hymn. All things bright and beautiful. All things bright and beautiful. All creatures great and small. <laughs> All things bright and beautiful. The good Lord made them all. Oh, sorry, Tash, I sang at the same time as you. No, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I love him, honestly. I just was doing backing track. I let you have the main vocals. Anyway, shall I get back to it? Yes. So other theories are that they, whoever they may be, are running infinite simulations to see how we, as complex artificial intelligence, solve problems. They then use our findings to fix their own issues. Perfect example. Are they watching us try to solve climate change as they too are facing similar issues, wherever they are? This theory could also explain why so far we have been incapable of finding any other life forms in the universe. Because if none of this is real, well then there wouldn't be any. Or maybe it's an add-on that the player just hasn't bought yet, in which case I can't wait for the alien invasion upgrade. (laughs) Eee... The mind truly boggles, and the more you delve into the rabbit hole, the more your brain hurts. Believe me, this past week has been wild. My brain's hurting already, so... And I haven't even got to the stories yet. So here are a few examples of people that have experienced glitches in our simulation that are so weird it's hard to refute that we are all living in the Matrix. So I'm going to start with a story from Zizou12, who gave me full permission to use it again. Thank, Thank you, Han. Yeah. I guess a little context is in order. My girlfriend and I had been together about a year at the time. Never had big problems. We are both pretty relaxed people. Never had a big fight. Never had trust issues. The whole shenanigan. So one day, I was out in front of my apartment building smoking a cigarette. This was before we lived together. I had seen her the night before, had a nice dinner, gone out to a bar, and then gone to my place, after which she took a taxi home. So as I'm standing out in front of my apartment building, she pulls up in a taxi. I wasn't expecting her and was pleasantly surprised to see her. I put out my cigarette, smiled, and walked up saying something like, Hey, what are you doing here? in a very friendly way. She scowls at me and slaps me square across the jaw. Oh my god. Yep. Obviously, I'm dumbfounded and at a loss for words, so I kind of just looked at her. She never said anything, just barged past me into the building. I followed her up into my apartment, asking, what's happening, the whole way. She goes into my apartment, grabs her bag and some of her stuff that she'd left there, throws a few things at me, breaking a glass or two, and knocking down a bunch of stuff on a shelf. She calls me a pig, says she knows everything, and that I've broken her heart. I'm trying to figure out what's going on, obviously. And she stops on her way out when I touch her sleeve, glares at me again, and slaps me. 
She tells me something like, I hope I never see you again, and walks out. I followed her to the street and she got into her cab and drove off. The street was pretty empty, this was maybe 8 or 9am, and I watch her drive off. At this point, I'm just lost for words, scared and sad. Then, as I'm watching the cab drive away, someone hugs me from behind. I turn around and it's her, in running clothes. Oh, I've I've heard about this. She was wearing heels and a leather jacket before, and I went completely pale. She said, hi, in her usually happy-go-lucky tone, and then noticed my look and said, what's wrong? I spun around, no taxi. It had literally driven away five seconds earlier. No way it could have turned in that time. And all the lights were red. I didn't say anything to her, just ran upstairs. Her bag was gone. Things were still broken. My door was still wide open. So then I told her. We were both momentarily confused. There's no way I could have mixed her up with someone else. And she's an only child, so it's not like she had a twin sister or anything. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, maybe sister, something like that? No, only child. We had security check the cameras, and sure enough, me following a girl to my apartment was on there. The angles weren't great, and the film wasn't great quality, as far as CCTV never is. Yeah. It was pretty easy to see me in my face, but hers was always hard to make out. It looked a hell of a lot like her, but never a clear shot. There's no way it was the same girl. Still creeps me the fuck out and we don't talk about it. But the stuff, was the stuff gone? Yep. In the apartment that she took? Yep. So, he has (sighs) a little follow-up. He's added... We did file a police report. They came, gathered up all the broken stuff and found only my fingerprints and my girlfriend's on them. Same with the door handle. And this girl got into my building herself, which means that she knew the door code. Her typing it is on the footage. I just hope I never see her again. What the fuck was that about? I wonder if it's showing him the future if he's a naughty boy. So he needs to not be a naughty boy. What I find confusing about the whole situation is that, so this happened, the girlfriend then comes back 30 seconds after it's all happened, and she just pretends like it doesn't happen. No, the girlfriend is freaked out. They're both terrified. They're both like... No, but I know she's freaked out, but I don't know that I'd be freaked out. I'd be pissed off, mate. I'd be like, are you actually taking the piss? Well, no, yeah, I'm sure she was, but she saw the footage. There's no denying that it happened because she saw the CCTV footage. And there's no, there's no stranger's fingerprints on anything. Mate, it's just fucking weird, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, that's the point. That's the point. Are you ready for another one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How annoyed is she? Yes, I am. Fucking no, annoyed. but I also feel like I'm having deja vu now. And have we done this episode before? Because I have heard that story. I think, you know, it's probably been used. No, but I feel I just don't like it because I'm now having deja vu. <laughs> right. So on to my next story, Tash. Okay. I'm already crying, but okay. One day... I was walking to work and all of a sudden had an urge to... Why are you saying it like that? (laughs) Yeah. You say it in a way that scares me. 
That's just my narrator voice. Yeah, but it's too good. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I feel very self-conscious all of a sudden. Oh, no, no. It's just because it's a good voice and we're like, yeah. It's because I'm scared. It gets right? us into it. So one day I was walking to work. <laughs> I wanted you to do another voice now and be like, so one day I was walking to work and then this happened. Oh, oops, I do. No, this is serious <laughs> shit. Okay. So one day I was walking to work. <laughs> right, no, oh. seriously. Go ahead. Yeah, put it back to the serious. Whew, back in the room. One day I was walking to work and all of a sudden had an urge to walk a different path than usual. I worked downtown in a big city. It was a strange spur-of-the-moment urge to walk a different way that changed my life forever. I turned into an alley I had never seen before. As I remember it, I made it about 15 feet or so when an actual glitch happened. Everything in my mind scrambled. I felt like I didn't have a body anymore, just that I was semi-conscious entity floating through some weird dimension. All of a sudden, in the array of different colours and shapes, a vision came to me. It was a bunch of strange-looking people that in my mind resembled businessmen in suits. They looked startled and panicked that I could see them. One of the people made a quick movement and everything turned black. When I regained normality, I was on a completely different street. It was the same street I always used to walk to work. I felt sick and severely disturbed slash depressed. I've never done any hard drugs, never experienced any hallucinations, never had anything like this happen to me. But the weird thing is, when the glitch was correcting itself, I could see the people watching me like a caged animal. Mm. I had the feeling that I knew I was being controlled and it still bothers me very much to this day. Oh, it makes me feel sick. No. No. Like, what are you me- What are we meant to do? How do we fucking stop this? You, well, you can't. If you're in a simulation, there's fuck all you can do. Just go on with it. If we're in a simulation, are we all separate people on one big computer or are we all small bits in one computer program, if you know what I mean? Oh, I don't understand your question. <laughs> As I. in like, you know, like the Matrix, we're all kind of, each person is real, but they're plugged into a computer. Oh, no, this is... Or are we almost part of a game like, like you can buy from the shop? I'm going on the theory that we're all just artificial intelligence, i.e. we don't actually have a body. But that's not saying it's right. Why would they make me fat? (laughs) 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 What a fucking joke. (laughs) Make me sexy. Sweetheart, you are sexy, okay? Yeah, but come on. You are sexy and you know it. Well, you know, but... Yeah, but what joke? Come on. So that's the thing. I'm not saying it's the right theory. These are all just hypothetical ideas. Well, I actually don't think they're wrong, to be honest. Well, it's 50-50% chance, apparently. But we could all be in like a vat of something, like in the Matrix, and just plugged into a, a computer. I don't know. I don't know either. 
But if it was the Matrix thing, what are they getting from us? What What's the point? Are they like seeping our brain fluid to feed their babies or something? I don't know. Well, no, it's like I said earlier, it's either just a game, like a super advanced, I can't remember what they're called now, like a game like The Sims, only super, super advanced, or they're running multiple simulations to try and solve problems that they've got on their own world or planet or whatever. Mm. I mean, I like um, all of this. (laughs) Are you ready for the next story? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only because they're making me say yes. <laughs> I vividly remember this girl at my school dying in a car accident after she mm-hmm. drove over the side of an exit ramp that was having construction done on it. And the reason she didn't realise is because she was texting. I remember my sister and her friends going to the funeral. She was in my sister's grade. We lived in a small town and I remember everybody talking about it for weeks. Fast forward almost 10 years. I've told my fiancé the story enough times she knows the girl's name by heart, mainly to try to convince her not to text while driving. My fiancé is from the other side of the country and I never go back to my hometown so she doesn't know any of the people I went to high school with. One day she's looking at my sister's Facebook and says... Hey, isn't that the girl who died? And I come over to check it out. Turns out she's alive, married to an old friend of mine with a kid, and no one remembers a car accident slash funeral. And I'm still so confused. What? Well, I'm just more confused about the fact that I've already heard that story as well. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Tash, because I've never told you that story. Well, why have I heard both those stories before? Because we're living in a simulation. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Are you okay, babes? You okay? Well, I'll be fine, but I may be very close to tears right now. <laughs> it's not the demons that get you, is it? No, it's not. Okay, I've got another one here. Go on then. I bet I've heard this one too. <laughs> I got in a motorcycle accident about six years ago. I'm going 45 miles an hour through town and a woman who didn't see me turns left in front of me. It could only have been a millisecond, but I remember weighing my options and thinking, should I try and go over the car or under it by laying the bike down? So I put the bike down and went straight under the car and I went diagonally. I slid across the pavement wearing no helmet, no jacket just jeans and a cheap zip-up hoodie from Walmart. So I slid for 80 feet or so. Not sure on the exact measurements, but it was a long way on the pavement. And when I stop, I just stand up. And the only thing wrong is that there's a hole in my hoodie cuff about the size of a dime. Not a scratch anywhere on me. I remember looking at this and my mangled bike and just screaming in my head, physics don't work this way! (laughs) <laughs> that makes me feel sick as well yeah. how the fuck did that happen what uh, have you seen that uh, advert for bike gear showing you what happens to bike gear when you slide down a road at like 30 miles yeah. an hour and how bad it looks and that would just be on a normal normal clothes he didn't even have a helmet on <sighs> no helmet no jacket just jeans and a hoodie he was and he was fine i mean what 
Mad, isn't nah. it? That's like GTA stuff, isn't it? Yeah, just like a complete yeah. glitch, is that? Yeah, totally. Okay, so this is the last one. Go on. Is it the last one? No, it's it's not the last one. Scratch that. Okay. About a year ago, my girlfriend and I went to eat dinner at Chipotle. Mm-hmm, yes, you did. Why did you say that so dirty? Because <laughs> <laughs> this food, it's what I'm into. Okay. <laughs> I like uh, like eating stuff. <laughs> Shut up. You are a foodie, aren't you? <laughs> no, Becky's a proper foodie. You can always count on Becky to be the first one up at the buffet, and I love that about her. Get in, Bex. <laughs> yeah. People don't mind following me, but they're just like, oh, well, she's gone. They don't mind following you because you're slim, so that's nice. It's <laughs> nice to follow a slim person. No, like, you know, as a non-slim person, I don't want to be the first person at the buffet, but I really do. So following the, the slim person's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone in our... So it, well, you've seen that. what it's like in our family. Like, the bell rings and literally... Oh, yeah. It's like a load of hyenas. Yeah. Ripping a, a gazelle. Yeah. Yeah. Have to put a few elbows in. Elbow grandma out of the way. <laughs> <sighs> so it's a smallish shopping area with a burger joint and a payway. A payway? Fuck knows. Payway neighboring the Chipotle. One of those kind of upper class type shopping areas. We pulled into the parking lot in front of the establishments at around 5pm on a Friday evening to find an empty parking lot. There were no tables outside, there were no cars in the parking spots, not a person in sight, and even the lights inside the buildings were off. Completely confused, I took the car in a sort of loop around the building in order to leave. The only thing of interest was a single fire truck parked alongside the building, headlights on, but no emergency lights and no one in the truck. It struck us as a little odd. Maybe a fire in the building. As we pull around the backside of the building and then finish looping around, we drive past the front facade of the building, except this time every parking spot is full, tables are outside with people on them, Food half eaten. There's people walking around and the lights inside the buildings are all on. But the fire truck was gone. Bear in mind, it took less than 30 seconds to make a full circle around the building. Easily one of the strangest things I've ever experienced. It just makes you feel sick, doesn't it? But I've also definitely heard that story as well. I'm telling you, something's going on. I swear to God, I'm not even being a dick and trying to be funny. I've heard all these stories before. So you're having a glitch whilst we're talking about glitches. I swear to God, like, yeah. How bizarre. I've heard every single one of these stories. How odd. I wonder if when you talk about glitches that it makes the glitch more glitchy. Maybe. Honestly, in the past 24 hours... The amount of stuff in my house that has moved by itself. So, yeah, I've lived in this house for seven or eight years now. Nothing remotely weird has happened. But in the last 24 hours, I have seen multiple objects in my house just move by themselves. And I've... Well, you've watched them I've move I've watched by them move by themselves. So, you know, you find reasonable explanation. A clothes horse moved. It was tilted... And then it tilted to the other side. So 
I mean, in my mind, that's not how gravity works, but, you know, maybe a cat pushed it or something. So I explained that away. Then something off my drying rack next to my sink. It was on the furthest side of the drying rack. Jumped into the sink. No, it didn't. It it did. And there was no cats. Because I actually... Because Ben was like, oh, who did that? Because he heard me go, oh, for fuck's sake. Because I thought it was a cat on the side and they're not allowed on the side. Yeah. And Ben was like, who was it? Let me guess. It's Albert because it's always fucking Albert. But I said, no, there was no cat. So Ben's like, oh, those things are not, you know, they're not sturdy. But it was on the furthest side of the rack. Even if it had fallen, it wouldn't have flipped back into the sink. And then... Just while we were setting up, I was clearing the table and I was getting rid of the girls' cups and wiping stuff down and stuff. And I watched one of my children's cups slide across the table. I watched it do it slowly. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, it was more like a, like that. Why is that happening? I don't know if we're like, opening up our minds to it because of all the research and all we talk about is Maybe. spooky weird Tap stuff. Maybe, into it too much. But uh, yeah, I swear to God, been mad. Past 24 hours, I've seen more spooky stuff in this house than I have in the past eight years. And now Tash is glitching. They're all watching you. They're all knowing that you're figuring out the glitch. Oh, don't say that. Fucking hell, man. Earlier, when you said you said something about glitching, and as you said the word glitch, your voice went all glitchy. It was really weird. Ooh, that is spooky. Ooh. Right, a long time ago, I had a conversation with an old workmate who described the following. The detail is hazy, but he said one day he was in his house and he felt the sudden need to go and stand outside on his lawn. A bit like the other guy who felt the sudden urge to just go down this lane he'd never been down. So he's standing out on his lawn. He claimed it was the strongest, clearest feeling ever. And on doing so, he experienced a sort of wobble. He just said everything was screwed up for a moment and he experienced a feeling of detachment or outsideness. When it passed, he turned to go back inside. While talking to me, he got quite upset at this point and asked me not to think him crazy. The next thing he saw was his car parked in the street. It was the same model, same registration, but a different colour. He was so thrown at this, and then more so because then his wife came out to ask what he was doing, and he said he realised she was all in appearance his wife, but somehow not his wife. He said from that point on, she liked foods that she claimed to have hated before and sometimes brought up memories he said he's got zero recollection of. He said things like his route to work was still the same but somehow different. He said there were buildings on the way there that he'd either missed in the last six years he'd driven past them five days a week or they had just appeared overnight. He even said some people he remembered from other departments in work had just vanished and asking about them brought total incomprehension from other people. He was a totally regular, healthy guy, but he said he measured his life in relation to that afternoon. He went on to say he was now living his life with a feeling that about 15% of it had spontaneously changed. Oh my God. Yeah, nope, nope. 
when you're researching it, you know, you're typing away and you're thinking, oh, yeah, this is cool. But actually reading it out loud, it's, I've got goosebumps. Yeah. So all of this got me thinking, have I ever experienced anything like that? And then I thought, actually, yes, I have. Do you remember me talking about my awkward encounter at the bank? Yes. Yes. For those who haven't heard that episode yet, I basically went to meet my bank manager. He spent the entire time being extremely over-familiar and it turns out he thought we'd been to school together and we hadn't. And he told me the school's name and I'd never attended that school. I've always just put this down to an embarrassing story because I went along with it pretending to be who he thought he was just to make him, like, not awkward. Yeah. But then talking about it more... I have zero recollection of what that meeting was about. At that time in my life, I did not have needs for loans or insurances, which are the kind of things that would warrant a bank manager appointment. And I've never been in trouble with the bank, so that can't have been it. I didn't come out with any paperwork from this meeting, which again, in France, it's absolutely unheard of. You don't meet your bank manager and come away with no paperwork. Nope. It's not really heard of, is that? (laughs) No, and mainly, this guy was supposedly my bank manager. So he had my entire file. He knew basically everything about me. He knew my full name, which, by the way, is a very English name to have in rural France. And he said I hadn't changed, which points to the other Emma looking just like me. And he added, except the fact that now I don't have braces which I actually did have braces until a very late age. So other Emma must have had braces till a very late age also. I remember him being in his early 20s, around my age at the time, a dark suit, dark hair, very smart. But here's a kicker. I never saw him again. Not in my bank, that I'm still with to this day. Not on the street, not in the town, nowhere. He was just not there anymore. And okay, he could have moved to, you know, he could have moved to another bank. But another important detail is I have never had a male bank manager. They have always been women. So really, what the fuck happened? Did I glitch into another simulation where I did have an appointment at the bank? Why did I need an appointment in the first place? And it's all very odd that I can't remember it at all. And I've got zero explanation for it. So the only bit you can remember is him thinking that you went to school together, essentially. Yeah. From the entire meeting, the only thing I can remember is him kissing me. Everything that was weird, basically. I can remember every detail of him saying, you look just the same, you haven't got braces. And him, like, giving lebis, yeah. wasn't it? So, like, like, that's weird because I feel like even... If I was back in France now and I went to the bank and it was someone I went to school with, I don't know that I would greet them that way anyway. But he was really over familiar. Like we were, if we had been to school together, we would have been good friends. And I don't remember why I was there. And there was no reason for me to be there. This is mad. Yeah. And he's just never been there ever again. I've never seen him again. Do you remember his name? No, because I haven't got any paperwork. This is too much for my brain right now. Well, you'd be, you'd be glad to know I have finished my story now, Tash. But this story that you've been telling us about this bank manager, and you've told us it more than once. Yes. 
Because it's a funny fucking story. Well, yeah, I pretended to be, I just... No, but it's no longer funny, Emma. No, it's not. When you really think about it, it's not funny because it's not possible. It would mean that there's somebody with my exact name, my exact age, who looks just like me. Yeah, but I said this to you, didn't I? I did say this to you. I did say this is really, really weird because, oh, I don't know if I can cope with any of this right now. He would have had my address. He would have had everything. So how did he think I was somebody that I wasn't? It's fucking weird. And why is there another English person living in my area at the time, pretty rare, with my exact name who looks just like me? Everyone knows everyone anyway. So even if you didn't know them, somebody else would know them. Who you knew. And the, the sc- who would say, Oh, there's a girl I know called Emma and she looks just like you. But the school he talked about is in the next town over to where I actually went to school. So it's not like it's even a million miles away. Yeah. So you had like a twin in the next town with the exact same name. It's it's impossible. If you think about it, it's absolutely impossible. Yeah, it is impossible, but here we are. So I reckon I walked into the bank and something glitched. Yeah, so do I. Or I woke up th- that morning and I was in a glitch in a different simulation and had a bank manager appointment. Something's not right. The whole thing's fucking weird. Absolute madness. Yeah. And I keep all my paperwork. I'm very, very anal with my paperwork. Well, you have to, don't you, there? Not a fucking trace of it. So, yeah, that's fun. Sleep tight. Nice. Thanks for that. Fucking hell. You're more than welcome. I'm going to just be convinced that I'm living in a glitch all day. I mean, I'm never sleeping tonight. You know that. But it doesn't matter, Tash. It's just not re- none of it's real. Nothing's well, real. Feeling sick feels very real to me now. I just don't like it. No. I, I knew that one was going to fuck with you. I thought, I'm going to get her with this one. Shall I go back to ghosts next week, Tash? Yes, please. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Tash, plug the socials. Social media. Okay, so TikTok and Twitter and... Instagram. Instagram. You're trying so hard not to say Tinder. I am. I am. Glitching, mate. I'm glitching. Uh, All of those. So that is TikTok, Instagram and Twitter are all under SCSK underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, which is simply Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. And I will hand over to Becky for the emails. Which is chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. So any hometown murder stories, any glitching stories, anything paranormal, if you'd like to write in to us and we'll maybe we'll read it out on the podcast which maybe possibly 100% will uh yeah <laughs> right into us we'd love to hear from you definitely i want to know if you've glitched yeah yeah i really want to know that oh, i do has anybody ever glitched because fucking hell that's weird anyway let's let the people go thank you for listening yes stay safe don't kill people and keep it weird. Bye. Bye.